Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. Really excited to get into this word. We're going to go ahead and go right into it. If you have your Bible, why don't you turn with me to Luke chapter 4, verse 14 through 21. And who was here this past Sunday? Raise your hand if you're here this past Sunday. Wasn't that an amazing message from Pastor Bobby? Talking about the reality, the calling, the mandate, the mission that we are called to to be and and have as the church, as the body of Christ. Oh, you do know that the church is not an organization. The church is an organism. The church is not just a building with four walls and a roof. You are the church. Somebody say, I am the church of Jesus Christ. That every one of us, we have a purpose. We have a mission. We have a mandate. And what Pastor Bobby talked about this past Sunday, he looked at the gospel of Mark, and we looked at the Great Commission the commission, I love how it says commission, like commission. In other words, that we're not doing this by ourselves, but we are partnered with God on this mission. He said, I'm going to be with you to help build the church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. Amen? Can y'all turn up the mic just a little bit so I don't strain my voice? Because sometimes I preach y'all, I get excited, you know what I mean? And I lose my voice. But I'm going I'm to preach this word to y'all. And we talked about the Great Commission in In that passage of Scripture in the Gospel of Mark, we see how he tells them that these signs will follow those that believe, that in my name they will cast out demons. You came, that's the kind of church you came to. Who believes that there is a spirit world, but who knows that the kingdom of God is far superior and greater? And he said, in my name you will cast out demons. You will speak in new tongues. You will lay your hands on the sick and they shall recover. And to anybody that wants to tell me that isn't for today or those gifts and those things died with the early church, can I tell you, you came too late because I've seen God operate. I've seen the Spirit of God move. And can I tell you, even just a few minutes ago, God was moving, that God's Spirit was poured out on all flesh, that greater is He that is in us than He that is in the world. Amen? Somebody say, God is moving. God is moving. And What Pastor Bobby touched upon this past Sunday, he specifically talked about deliverance as well and how the ministry of deliverance should be regular when it comes to operating in the church today. Like who knows, when when you are sick and you go to see a doctor, you expect to receive medication. You expect to get better afterward. When your vehicle has a flat tire or an issue or the engine light pops on, You know, you take it to the mechanic, you're expecting for something to happen for it to run better than before. And can I tell you that when you come to church, you should have an expectation to receive something from God, to be delivered from things that if you came in here, can I tell you something real quick? This church is not a country club for people that have it all together. That's not what this church is about. This church isn't a competition where we, get to, we try to see who's better than one another. No, 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 no. That's not what this is about. We love Je- See, the church is more like a hospital for the sick, for the broken, for everybody to come. That's what Jesus said whenever they asked Jesus, Jesus, why are you hanging out with these sinners? Why are you talking with them? Why are you sitting down with them? He said, I came to those that were sick. I came to reach out to those who were lost. For the Son of Man, he came to seek and to save the lost to every person that there's hope in Jesus. Amen? 
Amen. Luke chapter 4, verse 14 through 21. And what's amazing, as my dad talked about deliverance this past Sunday, is that this on the night before, on Saturday night, I was next to my wife, Brooklyn, and we were watching something on the TV. And I don't know what, but like the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And I began to write down a message. I began to write down some things. I don't even know if I'm going to follow my notes tonight. I told Holy Spirit, I said, Holy Spirit, have your way tonight. This may be a short and a different message, but we want to be obedient. See, I don't, I don't do this for the applause, y'all. I've, I've learned we want to do this for the cause of Jesus Christ. And, and on, on Saturday night, y'all, I was like, I was just like, had all these thoughts and ideas and come to me. And it, and it was about deliverance, not knowing that the next day my father would preach on deliverance and people finding freedom. So I asked my father, I said, hey, can I preach this Wednesday? He said, sure, go ahead. So I was, here we are. I'm in front of you. In Luke chapter 4, verse 14 through 21 is the scripture we landed on. It says this, Then Jesus returned to Galilee, get this, filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Oh, who knows if Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit's power. And that's, he, that's one of the reasons he was able to do what he could do. Who knows how much more do we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit's power today? And reports about him spread quickly through the whole region. He taught regularly in the synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. The scroll of Isaiah, the prophet, was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released. Not that they may, not that they might, but that captives will be released. That the blind will see and that the oppressed will be set free. Come on, I came to tell you, if you are facing oppression and opposition, that is a miracle. That is a thing that God can move into and turn around for his good. And that the time of the Lord's favor has come. He rolled up the scroll. Get this, because what would happen after this, whenever rabbis and teachers would be in the synagogue, and they would open up the scroll and read it, they would read the Torah, they would read different the, the, the passages that they had during that time, they would leave it open for another rabbi teacher to come and speak. But Jesus closes it up as if mic drop moment, right? And he handed, back, handed it back to the attendant and sat down. All eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. Then he began to speak to them. Get this. The scripture you've just heard, has been fulfilled this very day. Two things that stood out to me, well, three things, really. When Jesus said, he has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the oppressed will be set free. And he ends it with, the scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. Tonight, I want to talk about this, how to be set free. How to be free. Because this is so important 
If you've just been going through life, struggling, barely making it, fighting the same thing year after year, can I tell you something? That freedom is not only possible, freedom is attainable, and it's found in Jesus. That yes, you may have community groups. Yes, you may have counseling. Yes, you may have all these different things, whatever the world may prescribe or tell you. But can I tell you something? If you want to find true wholeness and true freedom, it starts with Jesus. It ends with Jesus. Everything else is in between. Come on, who believes that Jesus is still setting captives free today? That he is still setting oppressed people free today? Come on, can we stir something in the atmosphere? Can we stir something in this moment? Because I believe the Holy Spirit wants to minister this Wednesday evening, even after this service. The Apostle Paul, he said, I didn't come to you with persuasive words, but I came with power and demonstration. And we speak right now, Holy Spirit, have your way tonight. Holy Spirit, we thank you, Lord. We did not come here. We don't worship a schedule. We worship a Savior. We don't follow just a program. We follow a person. We honor you. We worship you. Have your way. Have your way. Come on, somebody say, have your way, Lord. Have your way, Lord, in Jesus' name. And if you're ready to be free tonight, go ahead and put your hands together. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. How many people in here, you know, they watch the History Channel, right? Anybody here just like, like looking into history and things? I'm one of those people. I'm constantly just looking at history and reading the channel and everything. And one of the things, y'all, that I came across a while back, years ago, whenever I was looking into the Civil War, and this is what intrigued me, that in 1863, while the nation was torn and divided, Abraham Lincoln made a bold and audacious move where he signed and decreed something called the Emancipation Proclamation. And what that document was saying was that slaves and people that were oppressed in the rebellious nations, rebelling states and areas, that they would be set free and released. And you would think to yourself that immediately after hearing those words or immediately after the war, many of those people would leave and leave their masters and leave what was familiar go on to other things and, and, and just move on. But unfortunately, and there was some that did that, but unfortunately for some it wasn't that easy because whether it, be, whether it was because of the fear of being free or the comfortability of what they knew or even manipulation of the former master, some decided to stay put. Others even struck a deal to stay and get paid. In other words, get this, they were declared as free, but some still decided to stay in the same place. And whenever I begin to think about that traumatic and traumatizing time in history and the proclamation from President Abraham Lincoln, because that was the start of freeing the rest of the slaves, the Emancipation Proclamation. When I began to think about this proclamation, I also began to think about the proclamation and declaration 
that Jesus made in the passage of Scripture that we just read coming from the prophet Isaiah, where he said that he has come to release the captives and free the oppressed. And I wondered to myself before church today, and whenever I was praying, I wondered to myself how many believers have been declared and been told that they are free but still live in bondage. Like how many Christians come to church every week, but they walk out with the same chains that they walked in with. And on the outside, everything may look fine, everything may look grand, but on the inside, they feel bound. Where we have become at times so, so accustomed to our oppression that we feel like we can't ever experience true freedom. And maybe for some of you tonight, you've believed the lie of the enemy that has told you that you will never be free, that things will always be the same, that you'll always deal with that same addiction, that same devil, that same generational curse, that same disease, that same heartbreak, that same hurt, that thing that you feel so oppressed and captive by, and the devil is saying, you're going to stay like that forever, and maybe you're telling yourself the same lie day after day. I came to tell and make a declaration that the devil is a liar. That the devil is a liar. Because guess what? Your freedom has already been purchased. And it's by the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, you need to know, freedom isn't free. Anytime that people were freed, their first was a fight. Their first was a struggle. There was something that had to be done. And can I tell you something tonight, Riverside Church, to anybody or b believers, Christians I want to hear, can I tell you something? That your freedom wasn't free. It came at a high price. Jesus, the precious blood of Jesus, sinless, spotless, perfect. He didn't have to lay down his life. You need to understand this. They did not take his life on the cross. The Roman soldier did not take the life of Jesus. He laid his life down. And he said, if I can lay my life, only I, me, nobody can take my life. I just laid my life down. And just like I laid my life down, I'm going to pick it back up and I'm going to rise. And on, oh, come on, somebody. On the third day, Jesus defeated death, hell, grave. He was released. Because guess what? He said, I'm going to set some captives free. And can I tell you something? That you can be free. You can be free. That it is possible to live a life free from addiction, free from depression, free from fear, free from every evil spirit, and free from anything that will stop you and keep you from fulfilling your God-given purpose here on earth. How can we do it? By the power of the Holy Spirit. Not by might, nor by power, but by the Holy Spirit working on the inside of us. That we can do it. Come on, does anybody believe that Jesus is still setting captives free and delivering tonight? Can we just thank him for that? 
Jesus said this in John chapter 8, verse 31 through 33, and I also want to read verse 36. He said, To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are already, you are really my disciples. Then get this, he said, Then you will know the truth. Somebody say, Know the truth. And the truth will set you free. They answered him saying, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? And in verse 36, he said, so if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. A few things stand out to me about this passage of scripture that we just read. Can you go back to verse 31? I think it was. He told them that you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Then they said, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves to anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? And if anybody in here has ever read the Bible, even the first few books in the Bible, you will know that that is an utter lie. That they were descendants of Abraham and eventually they were considered, they were slaves to Pharaoh within Egypt. And once God freed them and delivered them, and he washed away their enemies, even when they were in the wilderness, they began to cry out because they were sick and tired of eating the same thing day after day. They, told, they tried to overthrow Moses and Aaron, and they said, man, we had it so good back when we were in Egypt. See, and they tell Jesus in this moment, we were never slaves to anyone. Oh, come on. Isn't it funny how quick isn't it funny how quick we can forget what God has brought us from? Isn't it funny how we can be quick to forget God's goodness and mercy in our lives? And we can get self-righteous and think to ourselves, man, look what I've done. Look what I, I... And we begin to brag and boast and do all these things, and, and we forget God's goodness, his mercy in our lives, that God has brought, he has bought us, he has freed us, he has delivered us. And can I tell you something? When God delivers you, he's not just delivering you from something, he's delivering you for something. Many times when we think of deliverance, we simply think of God taking, out of, taking us out of darkness but we forget about him bringing us into marvelous light. That God wants to use your story, your testimony. We cannot forget our testimony. We cannot forget. I don't care if you've told your testimony hundreds of times, your testimony still has power. The Bible says in the book of Revelation that we overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. We cannot forget what God has done in our lives. Amen? And even, in, and even then in this moment, Jesus is trying to get the nation of Israel to understand that even then they were still slaves to sin. They were stuck. They couldn't fulfill the law. They couldn't keep all the commandments. They couldn't meet God's standard. That's why the Bible says that Jesus didn't come to abolish the law, but Jesus came to fulfill the law. The next thing that stands out to me about this passage of scripture is this. He says this. It's not, it, 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 it's, get this. Secondly, it's this. Some people say the truth will set you free, but can I tell you something real quick? It's not the truth that will set you free. 
It's knowing the truth that will set you free. Oh, can we read the words of Jesus again in 31? Check this out. If you want to be free tonight, get this. Woo, hard pill to swallow right here. He said this, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. So does that mean that everybody that comes to church on a Sunday but does whatever they want throughout the week is considered a Christian or disciple or follower of Jesus? Just because we have it on our Instagram bio? Let's be real. He said, if you keep and adhere to my teaching, then you are really my disciple. Then he says, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. In other words... If you want to walk in true freedom, you have, to, you have a part to play when it comes to, to your discipleship and maturity. See, I like to say it like this, that it's, it's deliverance that kicks the devil out, but it's discipleship that will keep the devil out. I'm going to say that again because it was so good. It's deliverance that will kick the devil out, but it is discipleship that will keep the devil out. That we have to guard our heart. We have to guard. That's why I'm so thankful, y'all, that I go to a church and that we go to a church that is intentional about discipleship. Through the small groups, through the preaching and teaching, through, through the community, through growth track, through what, who, come on, who's excited for what, what we showed this past Sunday, talking about grounded and the opportunities that are going to be there for us to create and make a, a, a disciples and develop people. And then he continues to say, get this verse 36, and you put that one back up there. He said this, and he said, to whom the Son sets free is free. Indeed. We know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and life. Knowing Jesus, adhering to his teaching. And then he goes on to say, and whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Get this real quick. So that means that Jesus doesn't just want you to be free. Jesus wants you to be free indeed. Not just free but free indeed. What does that mean? Let me give you an example real quick. Let's say that there are two people within prison. They have a life sentence, okay? And let's say that both of them, they want to be free. And one decides, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create an escape plan. I'm going to break out of here. I'm going I'm to dig a tunnel. I'm going to do this. I'm going to get out of here. And he breaks what? Free. And he gets out. But then the other one says, or he has favor with the judge or something happens. He gets, he gets released. They find something with evidence that frees him. They say, hey, you are pardoned. You are released. You can go. Who knows that technically, right, they're both free. But who knows that one of them, for the rest of his life, he's going to be on the run. He's going to look over his shoulder and wonder, are they following me? Creating a new identity, being somebody that he isn't. He may be considered free, but the other one, he can go about his life. And if anybody comes to him and tells him 
and tries to remind him of his past and what he has done, he can look at them straight in the face and say, I've been released, I've been set free, I've been pardoned, and guess what? I'm not going back. One goes in and one goes out. And can I tell you something, Riverside Church? That's what God wants in our life because one was free, but the other one was free indeed. What am I trying to say? That God wants you to walk at a level of freedom in your life where you don't have to live in shame and condemnation of the past where every time the devil tries to remind you of what you did 20 years ago and God has set you free from that, you're not tempted to go back and run to those old habits and those wrong things. But any time that the devil reminds you of your past, you just remind him of his future and you just say, no, devil, I am free. And not only am I free, I am free indeed. I'm not going back to what I once was. Come on, does anybody want to be free indeed in this place? Oh, because can I tell you something? Temptation is out there. Temptation is all around. But God said, he said, wherever there is temptation, I will create a way of escape. That it is possible to live a life of holiness. It is possible to live a life of purity. It is possible to live a life filled with the Spirit of God and anointed by God to, for God to carry you and walk with you. It is possible to be free indeed. Oh, come on. Does anybody understand this tonight? Does anybody want to walk in that level of freedom tonight? Oh, thank you, Lord. What I want to do tonight, man, I had three points and everything, but I'm just going to flow tonight. You know what? I want to give you these three points real quick because I feel like God wants to set some people free tonight. He wants to set some people free tonight. Three points. I'll give it to you right now if you want to write them down. Three things I feel like God sets us free from and wants to deliver us from. First one is sin. Second one is self. And the third one is spirits. Sin, self, spirits. What does sin mean? Well, we know that sin, right, if you study and look into it in the Greek and the Hebrew, that's a, that's a term that's really talking about, it's, it's archery related and it means to miss the mark. In other words, even if you attempt, it doesn't matter because we've all missed the mark at one point. When we miss the standard of God, the Bible says that all have fallen short of the glory of God. And what does sin do? Sin separates us from God because we can't enter into the fullness of God's presence, we can't even have the Holy Spirit working in our lives. We had to be cleansed and covered by the blood of Jesus because of our sin and because of our iniquity. The sin means to miss the mark. And the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. In other words, that's why they sacrificed animals within the Old Testament, because any time that there was sin, Blood had to be shed because the Bible says life is in the blood. Blood has to be shed. A price has to be paid. That's why Jesus Christ came into the world because he paid the ultimate price. See, I like to say it like this, that Jesus did not come to make bad people good. Jesus came to make dead people alive and lay his life down because he knew that this sin had to be paid for. A price has to be paid. And can I tell you something real quick? There has never been any other sinless person 
than Jesus. Uh, we can attempt to sin less, right? But we will never be sinless. Jesus was sinless, spotless, laid his life down, perfect. So that way we can live and he can deliver us from our sin. And here's what's amazing about God, and this just gets me, y'all, that when we simply, we don't have to go and sacrifice an animal, we just place our faith in the, on the, in the lamb that was slaughtered on the foundations of the earth, we place our faith in Jesus. When we confess, the Bible says that when we confess our sins to God, he is faithful and just to forgive us of all and to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Come on, has ever, anybody ever been cleansed by God before? Where you messed up, where you fell short, intentionally, unintentionally. Can I tell you something? The only sin God can't forgive you from is the one that you haven't confessed to him. We got to repent. See, repent, not only does it mean to turn away, but it's talking about a change of mind. I don't have time to go all into it. But can I tell you something real quick? If you want to walk and receive deliverance, and freedom, it starts with repentance. It starts with repentance and denouncing those things. And you know what I pray to God just about every day? I say, Lord, forgive me for every known and unknown sin. For every day I repent. I'm not, I'm not at multiple days, like multiple times of the day I repent. Anybody with me, right? It's like, Lord, forgive me, right? I don't know what it is about that when it comes to God, when God sees that. And we repent, we say, Lord, I need you. And God begins to do a work on the inside of you. We can never lose that. We got to have that type of conviction. It's dangerous when you begin to sin a whole lot, y'all. And you sin, and you sin, and you sin. And those things that you used to feel conviction about, you don't feel conviction about anymore because you've become numb to that. That's a scary place to be in. You need to ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I want to be led by you. Holy Spirit, I'm just talking to you as if I was talking to somebody at the cross table with me right now. Because I wish somebody told me this, right? Because, you know, if you put your hand on a stovetop, right? It's going to hurt at first, right? Don't do that. But who knows, if you leave it there long enough, it's going to sizzle. It's going to sear. And eventually, you're not going to feel any pain at all. And God's like, nope. You know, and at first, you need to, come on. But God wants to protect you. He wants to lead you. He wants to direct you. We got to have, and Jesus came to lay his life down, to deliver you and set you free from sin. Come on, anybody understand this tonight? <laughs> Romans chapter 6, verse 16 through 18, it says this. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can become a slave to sin, which leads you to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads, get this, which leads to righteous living. Thank God, once you were slaves of sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching we have given you. Now you are free from your slavery to sin, and you become slaves to righteous living. The Apostle Paul talks about he has chains. He's chained. He's, part, he's with Christ. Even though he was chained in a prison, he said, no, you may look at me, and it may look like I'm changed here physically to this right here, but more than that, I'm connected to God. God is with me. We've got to go on. The next thing is this. God wants to deliver us and set us free 
Many times, this is the hardest one right here, from self. Somebody say self. I almost did not put this in here, y'all. But we're, I'm kind of, we're talking about this right now before we open up the front so we can have an understanding. Because can I tell you something? If there's one thing that will keep you from receiving the, the, the deliverance and freedom that God wants for you, many times it's our self. It's our thinking. It's our pride. It's our ego. Different things that we may be harboring, unforgiveness, doubt, laziness, complacency that can keep us from the breakthrough that God desires us to have. But can I tell you something real quick? That even when it comes to a place like this, y'all, we should never be concerned about what other people think or allow ourselves to psych ourselves out when it comes to not going all in from God. But every time these church doors are open, you can freely express and give your all to the Lord. Don't feel like you need, come on, when you come here and you say to yourself, self, die, right? You know what I mean? Like, because here's the thing about the flesh and our self, right? We can't cast ourselves out of ourself, right? We can't cast our flesh out. We have to die to it. We have to die to it. We need to feed the spirit, but we need to die to self. This is biblical. What did Jesus say? Wait, he said, anyone who wants to follow me, you got to what? Deny yourself. Pick up your cross. The cross, that's an instrument of execution, y'all. Pick up your cross and follow after me. You got to humble yourself. God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble and follow me. Somebody say self. Self. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 through 23. Alicia, you can go ahead and come up. And I love this right here. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and what? Self-control. Self-control. That by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can do it. Last one, spirits. Somebody say spirits. This past Sunday, Pastor Rod preached on, he talked about how we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness, principalities, spirits, and who knows, the enemy came to do three things. What did he come to do? Steal, kill, and destroy. The Apostle Paul said that we cannot be ignorant to the enemy's schemes, his strategy, his devices in our life. We can't be ignorant because that's what the enemy wants you to do. The enemy wants you to be ignorant or arrogant or ignore his plan, scheme, strategy, his kingdom of darkness. Because can I tell you something real quick? He thrives in the dark. But when light shine on him, it's like roaches get scattered, y'all. That ever happened to me before. A long while back, I went to somebody's house. I'm not going to say who. It was years ago. And I, I went into the kitchen. I was like, I was younger in youth. And I turned on the lights, y'all. In the kitchen, it was literally, it looked like the roaches were having church in the middle of the, the kitchen. I'm not kidding, dude. And they dispersed. I just turned off the light, got out of there, got picked up the next morning. They offered me food. I was like, I'm, already, I'm full, you know. I'm full. That was, none of this was in my notes, y'all. 
Thank you. Uh, oh, man. My mind's going all different places right now, but I got to stay on track. Can I tell you something real quick? The enemy wants to stay in the dark. Many times he wants to be unrecognized, unnoticed. Because I don't know about you, but if I'm an enemy, I would want you to not notice what I'm doing. We have spies, even as the United States, that we send undercover, secret, to go and do things, right? Can I tell you something real quick? We cannot, we have to understand that, yes, God is real, but the devil is real. Demons are real. Evil spirits are real. That it is, Things are moving and transpiring in the spirit that we don't even realize it at times, y'all. Maybe there could be even things around and in your home. I won't forget this one time I was praying, y'all. I was praying in my room, and I, I shut the door, and I didn't have no worship music on or anything, y'all. And whenever I was praying, and I was praying in the spirit, all of a sudden, I kid you not, could not make this up. All of a sudden, a loud roar went past the right side of my face. No music, nothing. <sighs> Fear gripped my heart. And I thought to myself, I got to stop praying right now. <sighs> what was that? And I knew that that was a spirit, an evil spirit. Because even though that room was, was, was dark physically, when I began to pray, lights begin to come forth. And if there's one thing the enemy doesn't want you to do, it's to pray, worship, and I believe that this came. Whew. And in that moment, y'all, because we need to understand this, I had an opportunity, I had a choice to either turn the lights on and stop praying or to stand in my authority in Jesus Christ and command that spirit to leave. I did not say I politely asked that spirit to leave. I did not say, please, please, can you go, devil? Can you please leave? No, we do. The kingdom of God suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. And I said, in Jesus' name, you have to leave this place. Go. For God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And I said, go now. And you could feel. You could feel. I was in there by myself, and I could feel the spirit leave. And I felt the anointing, and I began to pray, and I went to my dad, y'all, get this. I was so proud of myself after that. I mean, and like this, I could tell you so many stories, y'all, because we've seen people delivered and set free from demonic spirits. We've had people, witches and warlocks, that have come through these doors, got freaked out because they saw someone delivered, went home, took a salt bath, then come back to church. They got delivered themselves. We've seen, I've, I can tell you, I'm telling you, this is real. This is real stuff, real stuff. And that makes me, anytime I ever question or doubt or think to myself about all these things, and I begin to doubt things when it comes to faith. I said, no, 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 man, this, I had this experience, right? Like that, this couldn't be made. I go to my dad, y'all. I tell him, I said, dad, guess what I just did? I just prayed off a spirit. I said, in Jesus' name, because he said, in my name, you'll cast out devils, right? I said, in Jesus' name, leave. You can't do it in your name. Can I tell you something? If I say in Caleb's name, nothing's going to happen. Do you say in your last name? I know you're proud of your last name. Nothing's going to happen. 
But if you say in Jesus' name, something has to happen. And I tell my dad, and I say, Dad, and get this, this got me. He said, uh-huh. He said, it's funny you say that, because whenever I was in prayer, the exact same thing happened to me yesterday. Yesterday, he was in prayer in that same spirit. And I begin to think about the scripture, how the devil goes to and fro like a roaring lion, seeking who he can devour, that the devil and his demons, you need to understand, sometimes we think that they're just in hell, waiting there, doing nothing, waiting for people to go to know. There are spirits, even the devil himself goes to and fro the earth, the world, the heavenly. This is real. And I thought to myself, isn't that funny? The devil couldn't get to my father when he was praying. But whenever, or I don't think it was actually Satan himself. I think it was a little imp, a little spirit, right? But whenever I began to pray too, he couldn't get to him. So he tried to mess with me. Why? Because the light was turned on. Something was illuminating on the inside of me. So even before I went into our new apartment for me in Brooklyn, come on, stand to your feet tonight. We were praying. I was, I was pleading the blood. I, I was like, in Jesus' name, if there's anything here, why? Because I, I understand that there is a spiritual battle. There is a spiritual war taking place. But I'm also reminded of what Jesus said. He said, I have come to set the captives free. I have come to set the oppressed free. And whom the Son has set free is free indeed. And I don't know about you, but I don't want no other spirit influencing me than the Holy Spirit. I don't want no other spirit in my home other than the Holy Spirit. I don't want nothing else in my house than the presence of God. And I came to serve notice on every devil. Because you need to understand, the Bible says, Jesus even said, that spirits, they look for dry places. Whenever Adam and Eve messed up in the garden, God cursed the serpent and he said that you will be on your belly and you will eat from the dust of the earth. So the enemy has the legal and formal right to dwell in dry spiritual places. And Jesus said, you can look into it when you get a chance. He said that when a spirit leaves a dwelling or a home, it looks for a dry place. So every day I pray, Holy Spirit, fill me up. Holy Spirit, fill this place. Let rivers of living water flow from my soul. And can I tell you something? There have been times where I felt dirty. I felt disgusted. I felt like there was nothing. But I got into the presence of God. I seeked his face and the spirit of God began to cleanse me from the inside out. Come on, who believes that there is freedom in the name of Jesus? Who believes that whom the Son is set free is free indeed? So right now in this moment, I want you to make some faith declarations over your family, over your mind, over your body, and you need to say right now in Jesus' name, come on, say in Jesus' name, I thank you that I am covered by the blood, that I am filled with the Holy Spirit. So I say in Jesus' name, whatever is not from you has got to go in Jesus' name. Any other spirit even at my house, has to leave in Jesus' name. Whatever spirits would be messing with my children, they have to go 
in Jesus' name, 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 in Jesus', I feel, you know, in Jesus name. Come on, let's worship him tonight. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.